Welcome to the Prepping Patriots Podcast. So everything that I've read about potatoes is that, you know, even, I mean, don't, don't buy the, it's told, you know, don't buy the, uh, the, 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 uh, store like the uh, go to Menard you get like potato seedlings or whatever whatever they're called and pay way too much when you mm-hmm. just go to the store and get like a 20 pound bag of potatoes throw yeah. them in a my throw them in a, a, a sack and uh in a dark place and just let them go all winter and they'll sprout and you plant them for spring um yep. and i i did that and like i said this the, the sprouts are like oh, some of those are almost a foot tall right now yeah I'm wondering, do they need to be in a, like, maybe it's too warm where I have them. Maybe I need to put them in a colder place. I don't know. But the way these things are growing and the way that yours are growing, sprouting out, like, are these things going to make it to spring? Yeah, I don't know. And that's what's concerning me, too. Um, So, I mean, just to give others insight, last year was my first time ever planting potatoes just because I was trying to get ahead of the knowledge of growing my garden out and what to grow, what's the hardiest har- uh, things to grow, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I mean, we, we planted 80 and came out with 488 potatoes. Um, but I picked it all too soon. So they were all pretty tiny and really small. Uh, but I had, all of them organized on my pool table. I have a pool table that has a a cover over it and I had them organized into piles. So I had my, you know, all blues over here, my all reds over here, my russets over here. Um, And yeah, they're just taking off right now. And so I don't know. Some of them are squishy. Some of them are not. Um, But if planting time's not until March, <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I, that's that's another two months here. And by the way, the uh, your pool table is a great use uh, of a surface top. Not just. Oh yeah. Um, what great was great about it is when nice, I nice expensive piece of equipment right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to go buy another rack or. Um, uh, you know, I was trying to find the best location to store all my potatoes, especially when you first pick them and you need to give them like 10 days to dry out and get all the yeah. dirt and all that kind of stuff off of them. Trying to think of the best like open location that is in a cooler spot. Yeah. And so at the time, that's my basement. My basement's the coolest spot. And yeah. it's like, OK, I have a pool table with a natural ledge to it where they're not going to roll off or anything like that. And so what I was able to do is lay out all my potatoes in one nice clean layer and then put a fan. I've got one of those uh, just tall standing fans, put that on the end of the pool table, just blowing over the potatoes. And then after five days, flip them all over so that I can get the other side dried off. Um, And it was perfect. It was great. I was able to organize them all, find out which ones were bad. So... Last year I did potatoes in buckets as a yeah. semi-experiment, semi-proof of concept because they say, oh, bucket potatoes. You can do potatoes in buckets. Uh, you can. They grew. But everything got so compacted in in the bucket that it probably affected, you know, 
how many potatoes I grew. Growth, yeah. So and that's because I didn't. We just moved into this place here. I didn't have the garden fully ready, so I just did bucket potatoes. We didn't get. I mean, I think I did what like nine or ten buckets of potatoes, and I think I yielded. I don't know, maybe half a dozen per bucket. You know, mm-hmm. it still wasn't much, and basically that's what these are. These are some of the potatoes i'm just like these things are small little guys i'm just gonna throw them in a sack and replant them and just see what happens um but I, yeah i don't know i don't know if i'll make it till spring we'll see um if not like we buy potatoes we're starting to buy potatoes a lot more because i just i forgot how much i love potatoes <laughs> i yeah. really did we watched the, the movie uh, martian um and i'm like we need to buy more potatoes yeah Yep, because that's a really good survive, scene. Uh, if he could survive off potatoes for a year, then we can survive off potatoes. Darn it! <laughs> but they're the they're like super easy to grow. Like you can you can do technically you can do them in buckets if you maintain them and hill them and not let the you know lot let the soil get compacted and stuff. Uh, you can do them in buckets on your porch in an apartment. Like they're an easy thing to grow. They take the most abuse, I'd say, out of yeah. every vegetable I've ever grown. They, they, um, I mean, you can literally, you, I mean, some potatoes, you don't even barely have to bury. You can just barely cover them. You throw a bunch of hay over it just so they yep. don't get sunlight and you just keep adding hay as they grow. And when you go to harvest them, you just like removing hay and there's the potato. You don't even have to dig for them. Like, I've seen a ton of different methods of doing potatoes. Oh, yeah. The so, no dig oh, method is uh, getting to be more and more popular. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm. Uh, I don't know if I'll try the no dig method. I don't know. I got, um, um, I went and signed final paperwork for the tractor yesterday. Oh, um, exciting. So it's a done deal. Like next week, it'll, like it's in the shop. It's getting all the stuff put on it that I ordered for it. Um, he's like next week, probably at the latest, you'll, you'll have this thing. I'm like, sweet. So then I, I added an attachment, another attachment to it. It's like this, uh, it's a, it's called a hiller. It's like a hilling attachment after you, after you till and all that stuff, there's these two discs that like sit in the middle and will literally like they're angled. So they pull the dirt and literally make like hills, you know, for, oh, for nice. hilling. it's called hilling. Um, I think I'm going to do a couple rows. Of, I'm going to, I'm expanding the garden. Like I'm doubling the size of it at least. I was going to say, year. if you've got that great piece of machinery to help you do all of that, Oh, yeah. why not? <laughs> why, why, why not? And I'm not telling everybody to go buy a tractor. Um, it's just one of those things we have. We have three acres and the whole back 40 of the lot just doesn't get used. So I'm just going to till it all up and, and make a huge, huge garden out of it. And probably half of it will probably fail, but that's OK. Ah, we we live and we learn. Uh, another question I had. Have you seen, actually, I have a couple things. I don't even know what our main topic is today. I just, there, some things happened over just, the last couple of days. We didn't get a chance to do a Monday thing. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do a Wednesday thing. I'm super thing. bummed actually, about that. I actually had people text me like, hey, where's your like Monday, where's your Monday podcast? Like, I'm like, oh, sorry. We just, we'll, we'll, we'll get better at it. Okay? You could blame me. You could blame me for that one. It's no, it's nobody's fault because I've could have I could have did a solo <laughs> one and I was just busy and yeah. You know, in, in any case, so some things happened past this past week. Um, so my older sister, I have five sisters. So when I say my sister and I tell stories, it's like I have to clarify. Hey, this is this sister. So this is the oldest one. This is the one that's kind of right alongside me on the on her prepping journey. Kind of started yeah, a little, uh-huh. like a year and a half ago. Um, still getting going, like 
but she's on like she's fully on board um with this whole thing she texted me yesterday she's like okay brother i'm 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 buying a freeze dryer i'm buying these are oh, these she's are, actually getting it oh uh, yeah my my older sister is my sister-in-law okay. that we talked about oh that's right okay that's right yeah. like i said lots of sisters lots of sisters um, Lots of sisters. So she texts me. She's like, "Hey, I'm I'm getting a, um, I'm getting a, Kevin and I are getting a, a freeze dryer," and I'm like, "Cool." And she asked me like, "What accessories and things like that, um, she should get for it?" And I I told her I'm like, "Hey, we started with eight trays. We 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 now have sixteen trays, uh, so four sets of trays with lids and all that yeah. stuff." She's like, "Should I get the silicone mats?" I'm like, "No, don't get the silicone no. mats because I got the silicone mats." And then uh, my buddy said that it takes longer for things to dry. So I tested that method and did parchment paper instead. And like this last batch, I just pulled out of Miss Piggy um, mm-hmm. with that was some uh, that was some sausage, uh, some sausage soup um, took like not even 24 hours. And I'm like, something has to be wrong. Um, yeah. But it took 24 hours. It can normally some of the batches that I put in there. They take like 50 hours, but it all depends on like how thick, like if you really fill that tray up, it's yeah. going to take a lot longer. This was kind of a leftover thing. Anyway, so she's like, I, uh, I'm, I'm getting a freeze dryer, what accessories and all that stuff. So I, I told her, told her that. And then she said, have you ever heard of um, trying to find the text? Have you ever heard of a thing called... Um, I'll find it. Maybe you know. It's one of those like countertop composters. What are those yes. Called? Yeah. Are those well, they've got different. They've got a lot of different ones. You've got electric ones. Um, you also just have the ones that, um, it's just a uh, tin. You put oh, all your stuff in there. And you just go dump it out there. Lomi. It's the Lomi composter. It's like that Kickstarter thing that was happening like a year and a half ago. Yep. She's like, because it was her birthday yesterday, so I wished her happy birthday. I'm like, hey, you got some, uh, you got some, you got some good birthday presents. You got a freeze dryer, and she sent me a hydroponic system, like one of those indoor tower mm-hmm. hydroponic systems. She's like, what are your thoughts on this? I'm like, I personally would never buy one, um, but you know, she's in a different scenario than me. Uh, so I was like, hey, it's Christmas for you. She's like, oh, I got a lot more than that. So she ended up getting the freeze dryer, a hydroponic system, the composter, like she got a water purifier, some 55 gallon barrels, like more Insta, another Instapot, uh, pasta roller. Cause she's real big on like breads and like grain stuff. So she likes making her own pasta. I don't like the wheat berries. Um, mm-hmm. So she grinds her own wheat berries. Uh, she got the table. Like she's like she got the stuff that she's like set up. She's loaded now <laughs> to, start, to start producing some food. And there was a proud there's a proud brother moment in all of that. I was like, oh, I'm so proud because <laughs> you know I introduced her to prepping. You know, a couple of years ago when they lived with us, and and lo and behold, like she's on board now. So it's all good. That's awesome. That's what happened this week. So it made me feel feel warm and fuzzy inside. I bet. Yeah, no, um, the, I, I'm kind of on the fence about the electric composters the, the like low me and that kind of stuff. Um, it works. Um, uh, if you're constantly just throwing stuff in it, I, I think the size or capacity is probably too small. If I were to be composting more and more on a daily basis, um, I know we throw away a lot of food and waste and we haven't gotten big into composting yet. I have the bins and stuff to put outside during springtime this year. Um, 
but I think they have a consumer. Like the thing about it, uh, whenever I look at like prepping items, like a hydroponic system, like an indoor hydroponic system, or like this, yeah. lo- like this Lomi composter, the first question I ask is, okay, what consumable does it take? to run this thing like a hydroponic system you need the hydroponic like solutions like all of the nutrients that you have to keep buying that's a, that's yep. a consumable that's not going to be a, available like amazon's not going to be available when this all comes crashing down so like that's a consumable that will eventually like not be a benefit to me so i'm not gonna you know i i look at i weigh those options of like okay what what's the consumable with Lomi, i think there's these like proprietary pods you have to buy for this thing to make the composting process go like faster than what it's like. Cause they say like in less than four hours, you can compost your kitchen stuff. I'm like, mm. uh, there has to be some proprietary pot or product that you have to buy in addition to the, the Lomi composter in order to make this work. It's a cool concept. Don't get me wrong. Like in a normal grid up, like normal, like day-to-day life, it's, it's cool, but I don't know yeah. if I would consider that like a, a prepping a prepper item. i was just about to say you were talking about consumables and all i could think about was electricity um that's a big one i mean if right. you have the big old vegetable tower and the little compost over here i mean all these things are using electricity are you generating yeah. your own electricity yet because yeah and you know they're the, all going to stop working argument, at some point so. <laughs> the argument might be well 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 jt you know you always talk about freeze dryers yo those use electricity and my response is like, well, yeah, I'm prepping for when there's no electricity. So we're making food now. Am I going to make compost and like throw it outside? I guess you can take that stance. You can make a bunch of compost in this Lumi that's only like as big as an Instapot. And, yeah. you know, that thing's going to be running 24 um, seven. Yeah, you can you can potentially do that. Your hydroponic system. I mean, it's nice if you want to grow in like in the wintertime indoors. It's perfect for that. I mean, I'm yep. not against that whatsoever. Uh, I looked at them, but I'm big into um, I'm big into aquaponics. I used to have like a huge aquaponics setup. An aquaponics is like you're using fish as the mm-hmm. nutrients. It's this like whole enclosed cycle of life. It's really really cool once it gets working because you don't with fish you don't have to clean the fish tank because the plants take care of like doing all of that, and then the plants in return feed fresh oxygenated water to the fish, and it's just this like marriage of life, and it's cool. I did that, so I'm more into that. And now that I have a basement that I have some space. I was thinking about maybe getting the aquaponics going, but I have enough projects this year. Um, so that yeah. may not be till like next fall. I maybe start that next winter to do the aquaponics side of things. Um, but, but yeah, I think the point was like all of these things that are out there that all these like cool toys that are put in the prepared mind category that are available to purchase. Not all of them. Uh, not all of them are like true move you forward. <laughs> yeah. We'll move you forward. You know, they're just marketing. So in any mm-hmm. case, that's the last couple of days. Okay. You're caught up now. Everybody's caught up on what's happened with JT the last couple of days. Hey, I had a question for you. When it comes to seed storage, what does your seed seed storage solution look like today? Do you have a it's- seed storage? As of right now, like as of today, if I were to go downstairs, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, sprawled all over a wooden bench. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> mine mine is the same thing, and that's what's going to be improved this year. Uh, yeah. I currently have uh, four or five bags that are like, I don't know, like your shipping envelopes. 
yeah. of just seed packets stuffed in there. And I've got seed packets those, everywhere. Um, yeah. yeah, something like something like this kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I hate has, those envelopes. But uh, yeah, so I've got in my Amazon cart right now. I'm just going to pull it up here. Uh, so Don't they make like I, I've seen some like seed storage like tubs, you know, there's they a, do. A big, it's a big plastic tub. And then inside is a bunch of little plastic compartments that you can put seeds in and label them and all that um, with dates. I was looking at one of those. I haven't I didn't buy it um, just because seeds were the last thing on my mind uh, last couple yeah. months. Well, what I'm um, looking at right now is a uh, 360 seed storage organizer. Um, it's basically a binder. And it's got Ugh. four seed packets per pocket or so one packet per pocket. And you've got right. four of them per page. Um, kind of like the the old yeah. baseball card binder things. I don't know if you're, yep. if you're collecting yeah. baseball cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to share my screen. Uh, but yeah, this is what I'm looking at. I'm uh, I'm trying to find a better solution than what I have today. And I, I see a lot of videos where people are putting their seeds in their freezers. Um, so that I, that was a question I had, like I used to do freezer, um, freezer seeds. And, uh, I was, I've been wondering, I wonder if that's good or not. Does it look like that is good on their life? No, it is good. Uh, are we yep, talking like a deep freeze or like a normal, like a normal, like freezer that's like, you know, gets to two three degrees we talking like a deep freezer because like i got both my deep freezer gets to like negative 10 no i would just say regular freezer um i've seen fr uh fridge and freezer um they okay. just need to stay cooler uh you don't want them to get warm enough where they may start germinating that's basically like the idea and then with the freezer it also freezing naturally takes out the moisture out of the product that's what causes it to freeze yeah um so Anyways, looking at that, and then um, let me stop sharing for a second because my wife's been adding things into her car. Her birthday is coming up. Oh. And she's very excited. Oh. <laughs> she is a uh, Valentine's Day baby. <clears throat> oh. Well, I guess. But you would think, that's... you would think me as the husband would think, oh, man, this is great. That means I don't have to celebrate valentine's day stone. and birthday but no 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 i was corrected right from the get-go that that's not how things work <laughs> um, so i'm sure she'll listen she to this put, like, a, like okay so my, my wife does this a lot she'll she'll peruse on amazon then just add things to the cart not with no intention to yeah. buy just as like a holding place and for years i'm like woman like <laughs> use lists it's so easy to create a list, like call it mommy's yeah. birthday list or mommy's like X, Y, Z list. And then you can go back and you can, you don't have to use the car because there has been many a times, many a times that I'm in a rush and I need to just grab something off Amazon real quick. And now I add like, it to the cart ah, and I click later. buy and I click place order. And next thing I know, I'm like, why, why did I get charged $300 for a $10 item? Oh, it's because she had 15 different things in there that she was, you know, she was window shopping for. And next thing you know, it's like, all this stuff shows up. Yep. Yep. Uh, we have the same kind of scenario, uh, but I keep more track on what I'm buying. <laughs> but she does add things into the cart, even though she has lists. Um, but here's the uh, the other items I'm looking at, which I think are genius. And over the years, I've always been saying, man, I wish I had like a guide or something to help me on um, 
what vegetables and fruits and how to store them and that kind of stuff. This is a magnet that someone finally put together of what vegetables and fruits stay on the counter and don't go in the fridge. Um, oh. When they, which ones go in the fridge and are low humidity versus high humidity? What goes in the pantry? Um, which ones are ethylene producers versus ethylene sensitive? Which means they're going to ripen faster and that kind of stuff. I mean, this is what I've been looking for. And this is just a little magnet, or not little, it's a it's a bigger magnet put in a fridge for nine bucks. So I'm like, sold. <laughs> uh, and then yeah. the other cool find that I had. I need to get one of those. I need the link. And I'm sure yeah, everybody I will definitely send. be like, oh, I want that too. I'll put yeah, it in the right? show notes. Uh, and then my wife also found this, Clyde's I Garden Planner. I have one of these. Do you? Yeah, this came with one well, of my seed orders from Johnny Seed. Super handy. Really? Yeah, super uh, handy. Well, we've been looking through our Johnny Seed, um, and we're going to be getting a lot this year. Um, the wife has been told, I want a lot of flowers this year because I need mm. more bees to pollinate our trees. Yeah. Uh, so if I get more flowers, then we're going to just knock out two birds with one stone. But anyways, this is going to be nice to know when I need to start planting things. Um, I've got, there's a bunch of websites out there. There's apps, there's, there's all sorts of tools out there. And for those of you listening, to get on technology, for those of you listening, we're looking at a garden planner on Amazon. It's like this little like slide card looking thing that Mm -hmm. goes through different, uh, um, vegetables and stuff like that. And we'll basically tell you like, when's the best time to plant? When's the best time to harvest stuff like that? Yeah. Here's the last freeze date. Here's the when you should be sowing your seeds. Here's when you should be now taking them outside and, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I also, since we're on the topic of gardening, uh, A, we can we can do like a whole two-week-long series on gardening because you mentioned flowers. And I've seen some gardeners like plant like flowers in next to certain vegetables. And like there's this whole marriage of like there's certain vegetables that go well planted like side by side and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. where is I going with that? Oh, have you seen, um, the soil, uh, the, I got this last year and it was amazing. Like I got sick and tired of like using the, um, you know, you go to, you go to the big box stores and you get the seed starting the trays where you, you know, yeah. stuff them with yeah. stuff them with your start potting soil or Which you seed expensive. them whatever. They are, they are. I mean, you know, I have a bunch from downstairs. So you start for, you start them. Yeah. And then when you go to like, uh, transplant them you got to pull them out of the thing and you got roots you're dealing with because the roots grow through the bottom of the holes and you know anyway so last year I invested and it wasn't a huge investment but it was it was more money than trays those uh, soil block makers have you ever seen those yes the things that make those the, are cool. make soil blocks so I bought a set yeah, of those like, yeah they've got yeah, different so sizes a, you got bricks yeah I got I got all the sizes because you know me. Like uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah. I, it's better just to buy them all for me. It's better just to buy them all. That way I have them instead of like, oh crap, I really need a bigger one and have to wait. So I bought them all and I used, I use them last year and they're, they're stinking slick. I love them. Like that's, a, that's something you should look at getting. If you're going to do a lot of gardening um, in raised beds, the soil block makers are great. Um, the other thing I was looking at this year, potentially getting I because don't, well, Real quick, back up just a little bit. I don't know for a garden bed if that is the best, you know, economical decision. Um, if you're going to do like buckets and stuff, hands down, just buy a block, 
stick the block in the bucket, add some water, break it all up so that it starts expanding and it expands out to the size of the bucket. But cost wise, look around to your local dirt distributors. Don't go to Lowe's and stuff. I, I messed up in the beginning when I was first doing all my gardening. I went to Lowe's and I bought all these bags of dirt and you pay way more than you should ever pay for dirt when you go and do that. But if you find a local like dirt distributor, I mean, you can go get full truckloads um, where you're doing uh, a cubic yard for less than 20 bucks. I mean, I think I was paying like 15 bucks for a cubic yard of dirt. Cheap, much, much cheaper. Definitely go that route if you're going to be yeah. using dirt. Did I not say go that route? Did I give you some impression that you you have to go? I buy just got the impression the that store? I just got the impression of get these blocks and start using those in your garden. <laughs> no, you get the thing that makes the blocks, right? You get these. You oh, get these, makes blocks. Oh, okay, yeah, got it, got it, got it. That makes okay. the blocks of soil like for you. Like you get the soil super wet, and it's just like this steel piece of it's this steel thing that you shove in the really really wet dirt, and it compacts it and forms this like. It's called a soil oh, block. Oh, okay, okay. But you, you I'm made on the a same page point. now. No, you made a great point. Like that's how I get. A, I, I was buying before this. Uh, before I met you, I was going to you know Home Depot and getting like seventy bags of the nine dollar topsoil, and uh, yeah. And then I went down to like literally down the street, not even a mm -hmm. mile down the road. There's a landscaping dirt place. I'm like, hey, you guys have like, I know you guys got dirt, but do you have like topsoil that's like you know it's got some garden stuff dirt. in it you know garden stuff he's like yeah i'm like okay how much is this can i like i this is how much i need you know i need at least like so many cubic feet of it so i got a truckload i think it cost me like 250 bucks delivered for a lot of freaking dirt and it's a lot of good topsoil and i use that in my buckets and things actually like grew and sprouted and like it worked so that's a yeah. great use of you know of, of, of resources. Like if you're just doing a couple potted plants or like a really small thing on your deck, sure. You can go buy the really nice top. So the miracle grow topsoil at home oh, Depot gosh. for 15 bucks a bag. But if you're doing anything larger raised beds or you have an actual garden, you need to till up and then you want to throw some topsoil over that or whatever, find a, find a topsoil guy that'll deliver it for you. Cause you can get way more, but Anyway, I digress. And I was talking about soil blocks. And yeah. then we were going into it's gone. There it is. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. gone. I should have it's let gone. you finish it and then sidetracked me with dirt. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to look up this block maker now because that sounds glorious. Um, oh, it's it's amazing. Oh, I know where I was going with that. Um, so now that I'm like doubling our garden size, and when I say double, like <sighs> Last year I measured out, uh, it's about a hundred, a hundred foot. I was going to do a hundred foot by, I think it was 20 foot garden beds with rows. So a hundred feet long, 20 feet wide and do, and do rows, rows for that. I think this year, because I have the tractor, I'm going to double that and do a hundred by 40. And that's a lot of like planting I have to do like transplanting and all that. So I've been researching. I'm like, I might just get one of those like earthworks, like yeah, cedars. Those are sweet. Instead of like doing a whole bunch, like there's some things you might want to still consider starting, but um, I, I think for, for the lot of it, I might just 
direct sow with like the earthwork stuff. Um, so which means that my soil blocks won't get as much use out of them. But um, if you have a bigger garden, uh, those earthwork cedars look pretty stinking slick and they make one that you can put behind a tractor. Like you can do multiple rows simultaneously. Yeah. You could space them and all that, but I think it's like three grand and I'm like, ah, maybe uh, not this year. Maybe not this year. I mean, you could start off with the $200 just right. hand Walk push behind, one. Right. Yeah. Cause once yep. I hill it, like that's the whole point of the hiller. Like the hiller hills hills the rows up, and then you could, you take the earthwork cedar, and the way that thing works um, is you just push that thing, and it'll not only dig down as much as you need it to, like an inch, inch and a half, whatever your seed requires. It'll also dispense the seed and then cover it back up in the same walking, like in the same swoop. So um, I'm just gonna probably do that to direct sow because I plan on doing a ton more corn. And I, I got big plans, but like we all have big plans and we we'll yeah. see, we'll see how much it actually gets accomplished. Cause, and, um, and what's fun, uh, what's interesting is if you're not into gardening, that's okay. But not knowing where your food comes from, not knowing how it produces food is mind boggling to me because, um, we're still learning, right? Every new thing we want to grow we're like oh you know whatever my wife brought up a topic yesterday she's like you know i'd love to grow more i'd love to grow corn but you only get like one ear per stalk and i'm like no you don't she's like yes you do i'm like i'm pretty sure you get like five to six per stalk and she's like all right what no you only get one per and i'm like all right you got to look this up now because i've always just imagined or thought when i I swear I've between seen one like, and three. I've seen three on mine, but between one and three, you get off of, off of the. But I've I've never seen no more than three on a, on a stock. It's normally thought, one, one or two. Uh, okay, I've always thought there was like multiple ones coming off, going up the stalk. And she's like, "No, I don't. I, I don't know what you're that's talking what about." Th- but that's what I thought, and maybe I didn't. Well, I didn't really get to harvest any corn this year, like last year. Uh, I mean, I planted maybe two rows. I think there's maybe fifty. 50 stalks of corn that were growing. I didn't get to harvest mm-hmm. any of it because the deer came and, and annihilated uh. it. But when I saw it growing, I'm like, there's a stalk there. There's, the, uh, And I had the same thought. Like, I thought I'm supposed to get like five per on these things. But now I know I've grown it. It's like the sweet corn, the, the specific corn I was growing was this variety of sweet corn. And I wasn't, I was only getting one or two. So now with that knowledge, with this bigger garden, I can go, A, first thing I'm going to do is put, a cattle fence around this whole freaking thing. Uh, so the deer can't come and eat my, my, uh, my corn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing, I'm just going to plant a lot more corn cause we love stinking corn here. Yeah. Corn, potatoes, yeah. tomatoes. I mean, it, it's, Oh, Oh, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious, but it's going to be a lot of freaking work probably. Not probably. It will definitely be a lot of work. <laughs> it it might be. It might be some. It might be a little bit more work than what. Here, I'm... Here's the other piece of uh, work that you haven't brought up yet that our listeners may already be thinking. But um, you know, there's the work of maintaining it after you plant it. Right. <laughs> so, right. Gathering. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is why you gathering. this is why you stay around. <laughs> you bring up things like this. <laughs> yes, there's the after part. You got to gather. You it's the daily out there yeah. gathering. Uh, the daily yeah. grinding and de-leading. then you got to 
you got to put your your stuff to bed like for the winter time and there's a, there's 17 different methods of how to you know put a garden to bed for the winter uh, you know there's the cover crop method you can use to like put things to bed and rejuvenate soil you cover with a big old freaking tarp there's so many things that you have to do to a garden so even after you reap the rewards you got to get it ready for the next year um but it feels so it's a good lot of work. right i it mean does. it feels i feel like the food tastes better I feel like you feel more proud of what you're eating and you don't waste it as much. Like I, I could tell you stories of just we'd make these meals and only eat like half of it. It goes in the fridge to die and then you throw it away a few days later. Same thing if you go and buy potatoes or carrots or whatever. It's like, oh, never got around to this bag of carrots that's in the fridge and now they're yeah. all wet and slimy and moldy and, you know, whatever. And oh, throw it in the trash. That mindset changes when you're the one spending all the time growing it. You're like, okay, how am I going to preserve all this? How am I going to save it? How am I going to whatever? Because let's be realistic. Doing a garden instead of going to Walmart to get your vegetables, um, it's not cheaper. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When you factor Um, in like, when you factor in sweat equity, when you factor in like, okay, what equipment, if I'm just doing it by hand, like I'm factoring in, I have to factor in a, you know, $36,000 $36,000 tractor. Uh, yeah, but that's a scenario there. But, and I'm but not, yes. Yeah. But most people, okay, most people, and there's a lot of people that use tractors for gardening. It's like, I'm not, I'm not in this like niche category of, of people that go out and spend $36,000 on a tractor for a garden and other things around. Like that's a normal, for somebody who's homesteading, that's, that's a normal thing to consider. Right. Um, but on the other side, if you're just doing raised beds, like I always, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. Like I hate spreadsheets, but numbers in my head, I got to factor in how much it costs to build those raised beds, how much it costs to fill the dirt and buy the seeds and all that. And then factor that in as a total cost and then go, okay, I produce this. It's going to take my, my ROI on this garden cost me $5,000 to build. Um, how many, how much per year am I paying at the store? Okay. Maybe $600 a year on, on produce at the store. Okay. This thing's going to take me 10 years to return back. Like there's that. So it's not cheaper to do a garden than just go buy your stuff. It, but the benefits it depends, you get. Yeah. It depends on how you scale it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I can right, tell you my point. first year growing a garden, I spent all the monies. You know, like, oh, I need the good dirt. I need the big pots. I need this. I need this. I You spend a ton of money your first time doing it until you realize, man, I just blew a we bunch of money. I just I'm not making a load of money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not. I could have just gone to the store and bought tomatoes and I want to have to be out here doing all this crap. So then you learn from that. OK, so what am I going to do the next year? OK, maybe instead of using uh hose with all the water i'm going to use a rain barrel and collect water naturally so now i don't have that as a cost uh for the dirt you don't go to lowe's to go buy all the bags of dirt you go down the street and get a truckloads um when it comes to your seeds and stuff well initially costs you more money because you're buying all that stuff but if you harvest it properly um, throughout the season and that kind of stuff, learn how to gather those seeds so that you don't have to pay for the seeds next year. Yeah. All of these. Now you get to a point like, where they're like, now you're yeah. not spending a lot of money. You're renewable, you're whatever, but it does take time. It takes you time to understand it, it and learn it. Time school of hard knocks. Cause all these things have like levels to them. Like you start out at your level one where you're buying everything. And then level two is okay. I'm going in and 
going down the road to my dirt dealer instead of buying the yeah. bags, you know, to level up from there, you go to, okay, now instead of buying dirt every year, buying topsoil with the stuff already in it, okay, I'm maybe I want to start composting and working that into my soil, or maybe I want to raise yeah. rabbits for their poo because rabbit poo is like gold to gardens. Glorious. Yeah. It's glorious for gardens. And then any of your leftover stuff, scraps can then get thrown out to the rabbits or chickens or something to where they now have stuff. Like it, it, it just compounds, it grows on itself. And we're not like, I personally am not at the point where, I'm there. Like I don't have rabbits or chickens or I'm, I'm not there yet, but I know just yeah. from other people's experiences that that's a cool place to get to. But the other thing I'm also thinking in the back of my head was, you know, you add like the simple thing a lot of people can do is like backyard chickens. Like that's a simple thing that most municipalities will, they may have rules against it, but they'll probably let you get away with it as long as your neighbors are cool with it. Right. But those are things that you build on to like build that homesteading lifestyle. If that's, if that's the lifestyle you're going for, if it's just to prep for the apocalypse, then, you know, some people don't <laughs> want to homestead. They just want to like prep for the apocalypse and figure it out later. Yeah. I don't know, but prepping for that also, the more I watch and the more I learn about getting to the point where I'm completely self-sustaining with both energy, food and all that, it's like almost a full-time job. And okay. in of itself, it's a, it's a lifestyle. And I haven't grasped that lifestyle yet. Um, Cause right now it's like, you're, we're still in like the hobby stage where it's a hobby to do gardens and stuff like that. They're hobbies with a purpose, but yeah. my goals are to eventually get into that like lifestyle. And that's a lot of work. Um, Justin Rhodes, who's on YouTube, who I watch a lot. He does a lot of homesteading Same. stuff. He's like, up at 5 a.m., but he's got four kids to help him. I have one, um, but he's up at five. He's doing chores, chores at 5 a.m., and they get chores from 5 a.m. to 9 or 10, and then they start working on other projects. But every day, like milk cows, like you're milking that freaking cow seven days a week, 365. You yep. have to go out to the chickens, and if you Goats, have chicken tractors, chickens. you got to move those things. Like you got to move the pigs. Like you, there are daily things where it's like, consistent seven days a week you're working the the farm or the homestead um and that has to be the lifestyle that like you if you if you look at that and you're like oh that would be so cool to live on 10 acres out in the middle of nowhere and like just be completely off grid screw the government i'm producing my own food right that's a great that's like a great mindset right you know screw the government i just want to do it all myself but <laughs> but <laughs> oh there's gonna be a lot of wake-up calls uh, you're yeah. going to have because it is a lot of stinking work uh, for sure. So now I'm if you're like you the Duggars, up. if you like the Duggars mm. and have 17 kids, then it's, it's, it's easy. You know, you just make your kids go do it. But uh, if you're not the Duggars, um, then uh, <laughs> you have a lot of work uh, ahead of you, but it's good work. It's fulfilling work. It is definitely. Um, and I'm glad you brought up uh, Justin, because I've actually been watching a lot of, um, different guys right now. And I didn't realize that those guys are actually on the, uh, school of traditional sales that I purchased last year. Oh, okay. Um, they've got all sorts of videos on there for raise, uh, raising pastured meat chickens versus, uh, egg birds versus, you know, whatever they go through all of their stuff. Um, I'm sure it's a lot of the same stuff that's on like YouTube and that kind of stuff, but it's all condensed into everything you want to know in these, ma this master class basically. Yeah. So, uh, it's on my list of, of watching, but I've been watching him a lot on YouTube. Um, he, and he's a good one. Doing he's the chicken, chicken math. 
<laughs> yeah, he's a good one to follow. Um, I just finished this hundred day series where they tried to. I'm on like day, day thirty five or something like that of the hundred. Just skip, just skip to the end and watch the two hour recap. Just just do that because he he put the two hour recap up the other day. Just skip to the end and watch the recap. Okay. Well, <laughs> it'll I unless you, you know I mean, I'm unless a, you unless you want to like you know take two weeks and watch it. It's cool. I mean, I do want to take the two weeks because there's a lot of lessons learned through those videos. Um, yeah. you know, within the first like five, hey, we're starting off on ten acres of land. And here's some of the things to think about. Here's how to envision where the next set of property is going to go and that kind of stuff. That's what I plan on doing. He's in the kind of area that I plan on going into. So what kind of things does he experience as he's walking on the land and, yeah. oh, okay, well, here's a natural, you know, indentation in the land. That's where water is going to gather. Okay. So we're right. going to do this and this and that. Um, so yeah, last cool. last thing I'll say on the on the garden topic because that what you just said leads into a question I had. Um, <clears throat> we've been talking about garden and we weren't really planning on talking about gardens. It kind of just organically happened, but it was good. Yeah. So anybody can do a garden. Like you don't have to. You know, I'm on three acres. You don't have to be have three acres to do a garden. Cameron's in a suburban neighborhood. You know, he's got a backyard. Less than a, doing a quarter acre. Less than a quarter acre. He's got some raised beds outside that he made out of block, right? The cheap raised beds that just work and are functional. You don't have to get too in-depth into it. You know, you can make these things. You can build these things for pretty cheap. It's easy to get going. If you're in an apartment, you can do. I mean, just doing things like, you know, and this is not just for, like, survivability or prepping, but even, like, I noticed that even growing, like, the one of the easiest herbs to grow if you like if you're cooking is basil like you can't screw up basil like you can yeah. you plant it it grows and you can keep harvesting the leaves off that and it's just so much of a difference in taste flavoring your food with fresh herbs like basil and thyme and rosemary than it is doing the dried Insane. the dried stuff the instant dried stuff uh just the flavor profile so much more you get so much more deep flavor profiles in your food and it's they're easy to grow you can grow them in your windowsill like you know, you can do something to, to grow something. I would challenge everybody who's listening to, we're coming up on, on starting to think about garden season and what we have to do. If you're in a position where you don't have land or you can't do anything outside as far as like tilling a garden or anything, like just plant something in a window or plant something in a pot um, and see how it goes. It, it will be, it's the most rewarding thing when you can just go out and you can just pick your own like, herbs off of your deck or something Definitely. and use them in your dinner. Uh, it's, it's so good. Uh, f any final thoughts on that before I get to my next question? Cause this will lead to probably what goes into Monday's topic. Yeah. Um, two other easy things to grow. If you like tomatoes, uh, getting a like bush tomato that I mean, you can get a, a brand or not brand, a, um, type of tomato plant that you can grow year long, as long as you have a, a light on it inside your house or something um same with lettuce if you do like romaine lettuce yeah. it grows up you cut it at the base it grows up you cut it at the base it is a renewable source of salad all right just <laughs> put like five of those in a pot put a grow light above it you can keep it inside your house put a little yeah. timer on there and now hey look you've got salad anytime you want it just you got salad anytime you want and then you'll learn like hey if i cut this if i if i cut it early the flavor profile of the lettuce changes. If I let it go too long, it's a little bit more bitter. If I get cut a little bit earlier in its life cycle, it's a little bit more sweet. Like you're going to learn all that. And it's, it's really, really cool. 
So grow something, grow something this year and we'll, we'll help you grow whatever you want to grow. Um, cause we're going to be talking about gardening a lot as we get more and more closer to like starting seeds and doing garden stuff. Um, so my next question, cause you had mentioned in your, in one of your comments that as part of your like thing with when we're talking about like Justin Rhodes and his hundred day challenge, you're like, one of the first things he did was like, you know, f- determining where the next thing is going to be. Okay. I, we've been in, I mean, I think we're both on the same page. We're like, okay, we know that, and this is getting into more of the doom and gloom. We know that, you know, in the next, sometime in between now and the next five, seven years or whatever, there's going to be some solar activity that's going to take out electricity. We, we, we all know that it's coming, you know, technology is going away soon. Um, at some point, we didn't really get into the aftermath of like, okay, technology goes out and we all have to figure out how to like live again and learn. And all, you know, that's why we're prepping and trying to build these skill sets, yada, yada, yada. But then after the, 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 the solar like kill shot or whatever, if some years later, there's the whole, like the magnetic field flips and like the movie 2012, whatever, like the earth starts moving and there's big tsunamis and there's all that. Okay. Did you see Ben's video he put out a couple days ago about the, with the water map? No, I haven't seen that. Okay. Yet. He put out the heat. Like a lot of people were requesting, Hey, where's the water going to be? So I know where to move to. Right. And, um, I saw the water map and I'm like, crap, uh, Cameron screwed. I'm screwed. We need to like move out West. Oh gosh. Yeah. I see that now. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen that. Um, and the idea was being to the East of the mountains, the Rocky mountains, you're, you're safe over there, just being as close to the mountains as possible. And then also being if the Appalachian Mountains, he said yeah. you should be safe there, too. Uh, but, yeah, seeing the new map of what is being projected, I, I don't know. I mean, you you always have to take it with a little. These are just ideas, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. If you look at our map, I think I was showing you through the. Um, oh, gosh, the U.S. I'll find the link so we can put it in the notes, but the U S government, whatever maps, um, they were able to do scans of, of the ground today, passing the trees. And you can kind of see where the water flowed 16,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, and you can have a good general idea or mindset of, okay, where did the water cover? Where did it, um, make its move during that time? Um, I want to say Appalachian is fine. There's, you know, I've only looked at the brief image of it for, you know, just a second here. But um, I guess you do see some white specks there in, like, you know, North Carolina. Yeah, but. yeah it's a little bit. But you said you said uh, west of the Appalachians and east of the Rockies, right? Yes. You don't want to be east of the Appalachians. No. Because that's the uh, backlash so th- when it's coming back. Okay, so Virginia, the east part of Virginia is out of the question. East part of Virginia. Kind of like outside uh, D.C.? Yeah, definitely out of the picture. Definitely, definitely out of the picture? Son of yeah. a... <clears throat> okay, well... Um, <laughs> you want, like, the southern part of West Virginia to the southern, southwestern tip of north carolina like that's your range of area that you want to be 
But he never said how much water. He just said it's a covered map. He, you know, how much water. So maybe yeah. it's only like a foot. <laughs> I don't know. My don't general know. idea right now is for my my side of prepping is to be a thousand feet up, uh, because when I was watching a lot of videos, um, what is his name? Hold on a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it real quick. Uh, but there is a individual that I recommend everybody to to listen to. Um, shoot, I just had it up. Well, I don't want to distract from this uh, no, podcast. Too it, long, it, it's okay because I can I can just play some filler music. His name is Randall. I just can't remember what his name. Um... Here we'll play we'll play a little filler music. <laughs> Anyways, um, is it Randall Carlson's? Yeah, Randall Carlson. That sounds familiar. I want to say that's it. Randall. His name sounds familiar. Yep, Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock. Okay, those are the two guys you need to listen to or watch. Okay, Graham Hancock just came out with a new series called Ancient Apocalypse on on Netflix. Highly recommend it. It's really cool. I think I'm on episode four now. I wish I had more time to watch more of it. But uh, him and Randall Carlson go through this, you know, the 16,000 year cycle that continually repeats itself. And people are always like, oh, well, um, where's where's evidence of people's homes and things that they've made over the years and metal and steel? And it's like, yeah, well. You know, if you have a ginormous amount of water flowing over something for thousands of years, it's going to wash away anything, (laughs) Um, you know, stuff like that. uh, His example was a little bit extreme, but I understand what he was where he was going with it. He's like, just imagine an atomic bomb going off in a city. okay? right. Levels everything. Then imagine another atomic bomb hitting that same city and obliterating everything. What are you actually going to find left over? (laughs) so when people are like oh well where's all the writings and where's all the evidence of life you know prior to this you know there's a reason why we're the only ones left he's like uh no there's a lot of evidence out there we're just trying to not think about it and not uh realize that changes are going to happen over a few thousand years uh i mean look at how we've grown as you know for the last two thousand years yeah how much we've I mean, if you just look at the 1600s, 1700s up till now, how much we've changed over those years. Yeah, you expect that to yeah. not happen. Uh, so, yeah, anyways. it's it's all this stuff. Like like I said, it's the reason why we do these podcasts to talk about stuff like this. But you can, I mean, just on the just on the the sixteen thousand year cycle, there's so much to to talk about. Like I'm more on the side of the first solar kill shot. I'm not really thinking about the aftermath of that uh, because, you know, if I, if I make it to after that, even the years after that, relearning how to like live um, like, yeah, we, as a society, we'll get beat down and like thrown back to the bronze age. And then, you know, after a couple years that the people who are remain are like, yeah, we got this, we could, we can rebuild. And then bam, we get hit again. Um, I, I I haven't really been thinking that far ahead, but at the same time, you, it goes back to a conversation you and I had last year. I remember it. Cause it's like how much of this, when you really start getting into 
prepping and what you're prepping for, like the mindset of, I mean, this is a cool lifestyle. It's a cool hobby. It's a cool thing to prepare for, you know, natural disasters or things like that. It's cool to prepare for stuff like that. Um, that way you're ready. Cause it feels so good when something happens, you're like, I don't got to worry about my food. Hey, the power just went out of my house. I got backup systems. I got power now, you know? And it's like, it's so cool to have that feeling of, Hey, I have like, I can survive these, these things because I prepared for it. You start getting into like the 16,000 year cycle, uh, where, you know, most people don't either don't believe it or they don't, don't want to believe it because nothing like this is ever, they don't either, they don't either know about it or nothing like this has ever happened before. And it's something that's outside of our control. It goes back to the control thing. Like we as a society can control or we think we control things like climate change because, you know, we could put legislation says that you have to have an electric car and blah, 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 blah. Like we have things like we can put in legislation, we can put into place to, to make us think that because we have control, we're doing something better. You don't have any control over the sun. We don't have any control over what it does. And people can't fathom the fact that, hey, the sun is this huge like thing, many of thousands of times bigger than the earth itself. Um, it, it, it can misbehave, but it hasn't misbehaved to the point where it's affected our lives in the last, I don't know, since the 1800s. So nobody's experienced that. So it's really hard for people to fathom that something like this can happen. Well, mm-hmm. when that stuff, I mean, if you can get past that, and this goes into my point is as we talk and we believe that the solar kill shot's coming, the 16,000 year cycle is legit because there's legit scientists that back it. It's not some conspiracy theory. Then you go into, okay, well, if this is going to require me to, let's just say when the, when the whole um, magnetic flip happens and all that stuff, like, yeah, that's 2040s. I'll probably still be alive. Um, What does that mean right now? Am I really going to pick up my life and make a change and move to Idaho or move to, you know, Wichita, Kansas, you know, am I going to really make that change? And those are really, really tough decisions because now your cool hobby that, you know, gets you through minor disasters has turned into, oh, how serious am I? Am I going to pick up my family and move to X, Y, or Z location to where I know that I'm going to be okay 20 years down the road? Like, am I going to do that? And I'm still struggling with that thought. And I know a lot of people might be too. You're muted. <sighs> so you're, I'm still struggling with that thought. Yeah. Your living situation has now turned into an official doomsday prep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where to live, to not be uh, washed out of a home. Uh, where to live. To, I mean, so you're planning for the the solar piece of no electricity. Yeah. I'm planning for the water piece because if I plan for the water piece, the solar piece can come and go and I'll still be fine. But it's that after piece that comes afterwards that how easily are you going to be able to drive where you need to drive? Exactly. How, how how are you going to fly where you need to fly? How are you going to not disagreeing with you whatsoever? I I, I'm like, these are things that are going on in my head, but to, to up and move out of Wisconsin, somewhere else again you know now we're making life choices that's affecting the family and not just our like me and amanda and our daughter but it now affects our immediate family around us like oh you guys are moving away why are you moving and we try to come up with an excuse of why we move away and it's like you guys are dumb that's so stupid that you're and then you burn bridges you ruin relationships like there's all kinds of like things you don't think about when you're talking about like 
doing a huge life change like that. And we're not even at the point where we're even thinking about moving to Wichita, Kansas or anything like that. Like where I'm thinking about it, but there's no plan in place to move in 10 years or move in five years or anything like that. It's just things that are constantly in my head. Like if I really believe this stuff is going to happen at some point, like, you know, after the solar kill shot, it's going to be a lot harder to make that move because now you have to not only move, but then you're starting over with your homestead. You don't have the resources available to you. You can't just go down to your local, you know, chicken hatchery and buy new chickens. Like it's yeah. thinking about these things because these things take time to establish. It takes time to establish a really good garden. It takes time to establish farm, farm animals. It takes time to establish land. Like it takes time to do that. You can't just wait till, oh, when technology goes out, then I'll move. Well, it's going to be a lot harder to get that stuff up and running. So now's the time to think about that stuff. So in any case, that kind of went off on a tangent. That went off on a really, really like down a rabbit hole. I felt but like you needed to really get that out, you know? <laughs> I needed to get that out. I needed to get that out. I feel a little bit better, but not really because I don't have a solution yet. But eventually we'll get there. Um, so I, I'm interested to see what everybody else thinks uh, about this topic. And we'll be talking about it again for sure. Yeah. And I think one thing that we do need to do at some point in time is we're up to date and up to speed because of who we've been watching, who've been listening right. to, who who's providing that science and that whatever. Um, I always feel like I need to have information backed up where I can prove to people, oh, you need to listen to this person, this person, this yeah. person, read this book, whatever the case may be. You know, a lot of the people that are listening just may have no idea on this. We've brought up a few names through the podcast, um, yeah. but maybe having a resource if they want to investigate I could tell you most people are probably going to be like, nah, it's yeah too much time. Uh, it's not all over, you know, social media today that they're not saying anything about it. So that, you know, whatever you're going to have all sorts of scenarios where it's like, it's not worth my time to have to try to think about that. Or you've got the other mindset of, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. So I'm yeah, not going right. to, you know, God's right, well, going to take me at that thought. time. <laughs> yeah, food, yeah, food for thought. Yeah, take me Jesus now. Food for thought. We'll talk about this. Uh, we'll talk about this uh, getting a list together or something like that. But uh, I had a hard stop five minutes ago. So good episode. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yep. Uh, we'll start again on Monday. We'll do our first medical Monday. Sounds good. Have a good medical one, everybody. Mondays. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the Preppin' Patriots podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so at contact at preppinpatriots.stream. And finally, this episode was sponsored by nobody.